welcome to Chitty Tattles. This is Sydney and Phoebe joining you from Taipei and London to gossip about movies, pop culture, and social issues from the perspective of two cosmopolitan Asian girls. We met in university and have both studied abroad in the West. This podcast is about having relaxed conversations, respectfully debating the controversial, exploring cultural nuances, and having fun while doing it. So sit back and pour yourself a martini, or a glass of whiskey, or your whole mini bar, while we bring you some prattle with a lot of giggles. Okay, so for this episode, Phoebe and I decided to talk about Gilmore Girls. I personally think that this is one of those TV shows that still seem oddly relatable and perhaps relevant to many viewers, despite it being two decades old. Because it started in like 2000, right? Um, wow. So yeah, 2000. Uh, so when Phoebe told me that she had started to dip into the Gilmore Girls universe, I was very excited because this was the show that I grew up with. Um, during my tweens. And it is one of the top three shows that I always revisit if I need something feel good to binge on. Naturally, we spent hours texting and chatting on the phone, comparing notes and reactions towards the show. And it turned out that we had very different reactions towards it, partly because Phoebe wasn't watching it as a teenager and I had already watched it way too many times for the past couple of years. So we thought, why not talk about it on the podcast? I'm sure there are many listeners out there who grew up with it, like Sydney, and also many who are just discovering it, like me, since Netflix recently added the revival. But I haven't watched that one yet, so no spoilers. And I'm <laughs> so glad to have someone to rant with as I go through this show. There's a lot of rant material. And it turns <laughs> out that we have really different views on a lot of plot points. So it's going to make an interesting discussion. Yeah, so today we're going to go through some themes that we generally found interesting to talk about. And we also actually picked an episode to watch together. And we're going to go through a little bit of that to see how we react initially when we um, enjoyed that episode together. So, Phoebe, you want to go first? Yeah, so the first thing that struck me when I started watching this show was it felt like a piece of the puzzle falling into place about Sydney's personality <laughs> and backstory. Like. You could be a walking advertisement for the show. After I watched it, I was like, uh-huh. I feel like watching this show growing up, you kind of absorbed many aspects of Lorelai's personality and her philosophy in life. And isn't it amazing how literature can, and movies can do that to you? Yes, it is. And it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, um. I've, I've built my personality on many great works of literature and also a lot of fanfic. Uh we both grew up in Asia, and what made us kind of westernized before we studied abroad at university was the Western literature that we consumed during our formative years. So how do you feel like Gilmore Girls influenced you in life from watching you mean as You mean as opposed to the stuff you already see? <laughs> Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I feel like I see the superficial <laughs> stuff, like you talking very fast, like Laura. <laughs> Well, it's it's exhilarating to do that, but okay. So uh, to talk about the less superficial stuff, I think it helped me cope with my relationship with my mother. For those who don't already know this, Gilmore Girls talks about Lorelai's relationship with her daughter, Rory, um, and her own relationship with her mother, Emily. Um, so I feel like this show, for me, watching as an Asian, it is a hybrid of both Eastern and Western influences because Lorelai and Emily have very has a very like a typical Asian mom versus rebellious offsprings type of dynamic dynamic going on. But I think Lorelai was able to approach her own relationship with her daughter in a different way as she grew up and got older. Yeah. 
Yeah, so being able to see how Lorelai handled both relationships helped me realize the nuances, all the gray areas of a mother mother daughter relationship, which is always complex by default, and and it helped me learn how to nurture a closer relationship with my mother. Uh, another part of the show is that the romantic relationships featured in the show actually resonated pretty well with my quest or multiple quests to find <laughs> love. <laughs> Phoebe knows all about them. Um, Rory is much more relatable to Asian as compared to Lane. Um, I'm, I feel like a, uh, Lane actually speaks to Asian Americans with uh, because they have the more conservative and traditional parent like Mrs. Kim. So I think that aspect of it is probably relatable to another, another crowd, but as an Asian... Rory's character is actually easier to relate to for me um, because I grew up in Asia. And this is because Rory takes her future and privilege very seriously and she makes efforts to play things safe in many aspects of her life. So her choices of boyfriends have gone from the safer options, um, the uh, rebellious options, and perhaps more practical options throughout the show. Uh, I've definitely had my fair share of Deans, Jesses, and Logans in my life. And it's actually very eerie and also weirdly cathartic to revisit her relationship developments um, from the perspective perspective as an adult. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, re- it's really, I'm like, I'm like rewatching this for the Phoebe and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but yeah, so how about you, Phoebe? Are there aspects of romantic or non-romantic relationships that appeal to you because of your Asian upbringing in this show? Yeah, I think I also relate to Rory a lot because she reminds me of myself at that age. And I agree with what you said about Lane because she's the actual Asian in this show, but she's a lot more rebellious than most of us are with the leaving home and being in a rock band. Yeah, I don't think we were ever primed or influenced enough by Western culture to actually execute that type of behavior. We always looked up to it, but it was like, yeah, it's cool, but you know, I got my grades and my mom's yelling. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> we are total worries. We're sitting here thinking about going to Yale and yes. reading books <laughs> and being not very popular at school. Also, a side note is that we act, I remember we reacted really differently to a lot of the things, right, in, in the show, especially with the relationship aspects. Do you think you could dwell on that more? Yeah, um, I, I think I too had my Deans, Jesses and Logans. And mm-hmm. what struck me was I'm impressed at how well Lorelai is at being both Rory's mm-hmm. friend and her mother and supporting mm-hmm. her through her good decisions and bad decisions. I think very few mm-hmm. Asian parents can be so open minded. My yes. mom is still mad about my Jesses. <laughs> my my mom doesn't really care if I date Jesses. She's more, she, I think she more... She, she had a stronger opinion to how I reacted to any relationship. She was more focusing on me than the men in my in the earlier stages of my life. And, and then later on, did we start to focus on what was wrong with the problematic men that I was dating at that time? Yeah. <laughs> my mom, no. My, my mom's a lot more conservative <laughs> than that. Um, how, how about, how about Lorelei's own romantic relationships? What do you think? Well... I feel like I liked the um, backup love interest a lot more than you did. I liked Lorelai with Max <laughs> and I liked Lorelai with Jason. And I wasn't actually so keen on Lorelai and Luke at first, but now I'm getting I to the part where they actually it. do it. But um, I like how they've written it so far. I like that mm. Luke went through the emotional development to get there. Mm-hmm. But Lorelai as well, I think she needed to do a lot of emotional development before she could mm-hmm. get to a happily ever after in her life, regardless mm-hmm. of who the man was. And 
mm-hmm. because she had Rory so young. She was basically married to Rory for the whole of her yes. adult life. And yes. that influenced her dating of men so much. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of married to your children is also a very like relatable aspect of like Asian parenting and Asian relationships. With their Definitely. Parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there's so many um, elements in this show that we can relate to at, with an Asian upbringing and so forth. But like you said, I, I really didn't like the other like supporting dating guys that weren't the main the, the main meal, the main course. They were cute. I, Max was oh, very attractive. And it was boring. Yeah, but they had this <laughs> whole sexual chemistry thing going on. Uh, he was our teacher. It was weird. <laughs> no, not that I was judging. Uh, I really didn't like Jason. I feel like he had all the wrong intentions. I feel like he prioritized his own needs first not in the like a not in a sense where you think it's a healthy relationship or in a sense where like I feel like Jason's very Jason has this ego that he needs to fulfill maybe because of his upbringing his relationship with his parents but from my perspective I never felt like he loved Lorelai enough to make a compromise in that sense and I yeah and that was a big issue with the other guys as well but we can talk about a little bit of that later or in the next episode or so really I like <laughs> Jason fine I, I think he was considering of Lorelai's needs in some episodes like in the first date he didn't realize that she wouldn't like the separate room so they ended up mm-hmm. being at a supermarket and that seemed to work out for them he wasn't too snobby to go to a supermarket I think it's, mm. it's an adult relationship thing to be more aware of your own needs you have to love yourself first before you love other people I agree with that. I just don't think Jason, uh, let's put it this way. I don't think Jason loved Lorelai for being Lorelai. And it's unfair to all of Lorelai's past like relationships because none of them saw Lorelai in the full dimensions that she had uh, created her personality around um, because they saw like the rebellious girl who went against Emily and Richard and said no to the elite life that they provided for her. But Um, I think they saw the cool fun side of that, but they didn't really, they weren't really prepared to see the stars hollow version of Lorelai that struggled. I think that was deliberate on (laughs) Lorelai's side as well, that she consciously or unconsciously didn't want her in that, didn't want them in that part of her life. And like with Max, when he wanted to become part of Rory's life, she was like, no, I've already raised Rory, stay out. (laughs) You're just here to look pretty. Uh, I, I, I find that a, a fair point, um, but just because I feel like it, it's different for me and you, because you're seeing this from like, uh, I'd say, because you're seeing this as an adult, and I got attached to this show when I was like growing up, like my own like teenage young adult personality was developing. And so I, I feel very protective towards Lorelai. And so like all of the guys she's dating, like I keep saying no to the ones I don't like. And so, so I feel like it's normal that we are, we're reacting differently. So Lorelai is the main person that you relate to in the show. I think uh, in terms of core values, yes. In terms of like behavior uh, and how, how would she was in terms of how I grew up, I feel like Rory has that trajectory that I relate to. But in terms of like values that I look up to and that I gen- genuinely agree with, it's Lorelai. Hmm. I'm different. I think I relate mostly to Rory. I, I think mm. I'm watching 80% from the perspective of Rory. And then mm. I like Lorelai. I relate to her in some points, especially in dealing with her family because overbearing mm. Asian parents. And <laughs> I, I like her point of view on some things, but I also don't agree with her on a lot. 
but I get more、mm. worked up when Rory does something I don't like because Rory is me when I'm watching. I'm like, why are you doing that? That's、uh, stupid. But didn't we all do stupid things <laughs> when we were kind of little Rorys running around on campus? <laughs> yeah, but it's like when you're sitting there watching a reel of yourself from five years ago, thinking, why was I so stupid? Snap <laughs> out of it. I, I think that's really interesting because, like, I I definitely relate to both of them, but I think for me the defining difference is because I see、um, Lorelai is someone that's a that's a grown up that's still kind of growing up, and I find something very appealing about that. I find her independence appealing. I think the fact that Rory was also always so passive was something that I was trying to reject, maybe because part of it was also some like part of my personality, the passive part. Uh, yeah, like but,、uh, so. I, I'm at、mm-hmm. the part where Rory is in sophomore year now, and I'm also very impatient for her to do some development <laughs> and not be so much of a prim and proper little kid now. It's about、I、time、know. Rory、so、do something. I know, and I love how Laura like takes charge because there is that part of me.、Um, so I, I guess. Maybe I'm more of a mixture of both, which is why you see so much of a Lorelai influence on me. I think maybe your personality、yeah. manifests more in a Lorelai sort of way. <laughs> yes, I, I try to reject the Rory side of me because there are parts of her I really just don't enjoy. But we can talk about that another time. That makes sense. <laughs> yes, but circling back to the question about like the relationships that we enjoyed and didn't enjoy, I think like one point I'd like to make is that for Lorelai, I always felt that it was going to be Luke. Because yes, I agree that Max was charming, and yes, who hasn't had that? You know, date your teacher or date your kids' teacher, whatever. However, that manifests type of <laughs> fantasy. I mean, it was hot. It was really hot,、Indeed. and he was, and he was in that perfect middle ground where he wasn't completely elite. He was doing. He wasn't doing business with her parents. He wasn't inheriting a family fortune. He was a well brought up intellectual that was kind and gentle and loving. So he was in that middle point. He was part of the Hartford circle. The, the Emily and Richard Gilmore circle, and he was, you know, clo- he was because he was in the middle middle ground. He was able to relate more to Lorelai, but fundamentally, he was still part of an external world that didn't really fit in with Stars Hollow. That was the same thing with Christopher and Jason and whoever Lorelai was dating. But I feel like for Luke, it was easier for me to like him more because as an Asian, we're not taught to seek for the romance. In 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 a marriage or in a relationship, we're always asked to seek for、um, practicality or compromise. And there's this term that we call mendanghude, which roughly translates to finding a practical match in a social economic sense, because the doors and the families and whatever it、yeah. all matches. Yes,、But、isn't that and, more about your your parents and your family background? Yes, yes. I feel like、uh, from an old like a a time in, like in the past, that would have been something that. Lorelai would have to consider,、um, and I would have to consider. But I think, like for today, we are taught about like finding someone that matches you in the more practical sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to marry rich or marry someone as rich as you. That should be something you concern. But I will. I don't think as an Asian, my upbringing was about find someone that you love, find someone that you're passionate about. That was. Never the case. It was always about finding yeah, someone yeah. that can work with you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the、you. key differences in how we approach、yeah. romantic relationships in in Asia and in the West. Yes, yes, definitely. We don't romanticize love as much. We don't. We don't. And so Luke fits that that criteria. He is the person that's always there for her. He also has been there for Rory. He didn't have to insert himself in his life,、um, and he tries to. 
profess his affection towards the Lorelai through very practical actions. I mean, granted that he does do something a little bit over the top sometimes, but he doesn't do it by talking about it. He just goes for it and he he works with her, you know? Yeah. And he, yeah. he already knows all of her flaws and her background yes. because they've known each other for so many years. Yes. But like, uh, I definitely agree that if we wanted to come back to the traditional understanding of Menangudui, then Luke would never have been able to pass the Gilmore test <laughs> with Emily and Richard. No, that's what's causing all the conflict, right? Because yeah. they think that nobody's good enough for our daughter because we're such a notable family. But the reality mm-hmm. is that Lorelai does make sense with Luke. She's a small business mm-hmm. owner. He's a small mm-hmm. business owner. They both, I, I think Luke finished high school. Lorelai didn't even finish high school, but they're both yeah. really smart people, <laughs> smart, practical, works hard. And he has a lot to teach her as well. But mm-hmm. the Gilmore's just look down on him because he isn't college educated and he drives a truck and he owns a diner. My parents mm-hmm. too would flip out if I told them I was dating <laughs> a guy, high school educated and owns a diner. They'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I feel like my parents weren't like that in the beginning, but I think they did drop hints. They, I, I don't think they were trying to be snobbish though. I think it came back to the practical sense because like, I definitely experienced situations where... Um, because of my upbringing, because of my understanding of how to spend money, how to enjoy life was so different from the guys that I was dating, that that was also a source of conflict. Even though we we liked each other, we loved each other, we wanted to make it work, those little sparks of conflict really made it hard to sustain like the healthy aspects of um, the relationship. And so my parents have definitely dropped in some like foods of thought telling me like, you know, we don't need you to marry rich or someone, you know, like, like our social economic background, that's fine. Um, but you should know that if you do see the value of things in both like in a monetary sense, um, in, uh, in a different way, then it would really hurt your relationship because that's a lot to work on. Yeah, that makes sense. But you know what really bugs me about Lorelai and Luke? That it took them so long to get there. And Luke had other relationships that could totally have worked out. Lorelai wasn't such a green tea bitch. Mm. Do we need to explain the concept of a green tea bitch? Is I think uh, it's called Lu Cha, green tea biao, which is what we call bitch. And I yeah. think from my understanding, it is what women who are very sweet and fresh and nice on the outside, but deep down, they're judgmental, they're bitchy, and they drop some pretty nasty bombs in other people's lives very subtly. But And they steal your boyfriend without <laughs> actively stealing your boyfriend. They're just there yes. and being nice and understanding, which was what Lorelai <laughs> basically did. Every time there was a problem in Luke's other relationships, she was just like, mm-hmm. oh, how could she do that to you? Don't move in with her. Why would she make you move out of Stars Hollow? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, and she I don't know. Like trying. <laughs> I mean, I I can't. I mean, I I understand where you're coming from, but knowing how they kind of feel for each other, I would say that's it's human nature. I I think green tea bitch or any type of bitch. I mean, there's definitely like a moral ground where like there's a bottom line to what you can do when you wouldn't do. But reactions like low realize I would put in the gray area where like you know it depends on the context. It depends on what's really going on in, in your mind. And I think what Lorelai had to work through at that time, what she did fail to do was that she wasn't responsible for her own feelings, her own struggles and her own denial. Yeah, in she was definitely in denial about liking Luke and then acting <laughs> on the basis of those subconscious feelings. 
I think ideally mm. you want to be emotionally mature enough to not yes. do that. But then again, if she was, they wouldn't have ended up together. Yeah. So speaking of like immature reactions to relationships, I feel like Rory has her fair share of like questionable yeah. choices. Yeah. Like the thing with Dean. Yes. Uh, I'm going to start with my favorite pick and I'm going to say this. Um, I'm going to say for Yale, for her time in Yale, because you haven't seen the the later parts of the show and the, the re- renewal ones. Sure. Um, so for Rory and Yale, I definitely prefer Logan because mainly because he gave her another option. She didn't have to do what Lorelai did. She had a chance to discover what she liked or disliked about the world Logan and her grandparents were in. So he, he taught her how to handle this privilege, not necessarily in the healthiest way, but he gave her a key. And that's that that Emily and Richard failed to do. And she, she I mean, in a sense, I feel like Rory was always meant to have to, like, you know, balance that the worlds between her mother stars, hollow world and her parent, uh, her grandparents world. And I think Logan was a very good segue into dealing that. And he I think he loved her. Um, especially in the end, which I'm not going to talk about right now because we want Phoebe to enjoy that herself. Oh, I don't know. I don't know things. <laughs> yes, but, but to be fair... I've only seen the uh, start of their relationship. <laughs> Speaking of the start, Marty, um, I think, by the point that where you are in the show, professed his love for Rory and she, she friend-zoned him, right? Yeah, um, to, was very to be fair... To be fair, I think, like, from an Asian perspective, I think Marty and Dean would have been typical options for Asian women. I think Dean is because he's a nice kid, and at the time of their courtship, he was an emotionally stable guy. He was a safe At the vet. time. At the time. Yeah, he, he kind of turned out quite awful uh, later in the series. Um, Marty, for, for Marty, I think it's because in Asian culture, not necessarily Asian-American culture, I think friend zoning means you still have a chance because in Asian culture, when we approach relationships, there's never a clear uh, yeah, distinction Yeah, we're not so straightforward dating. about things. We're no. not like, so what are we? Yes, we, we actually, I think we are in that sense. Like for us, like a relationship is the, the, the status of a relationship is not solidified until you say, I like you, shall we officially make ourselves boyfriend and girlfriend before that there is this long tango of trying to hang out with someone very passively flirting and and trying to create um situations where you can spend more time with that person or profess your affection and And we still hold to that whole concept of chasing a girl so if you're in the friend zone you're like okay now i chase you yes now i chase you and so because we have to have that like moment of like you know, um, that, that decision-making, like, are we a couple or not? And as in like America, it's more like, or any Western culture is, I think it's more like we can date, but whether we make that into something that we acknowledge publicly or take more seriously, that's the next step. But for Asians, anything before you publicly acknowledge that you are an official couple is called we're friends. And so in in Marty's sense, had he tried harder to sustain his relationship with Rory and like sucked up his pride in an agency. I'm not saying that he should have done that. I'm saying like from an Asian perspective, if he had went on with that, then he could have easily probably been able to do more to prove his, his worth, his value. And he could have easily like done something say that if, if Rory and Logan ever had a fight or something, yeah, he would have been be able to just be there for her, be the yes. shoulder to cry on. And then yes. your eyes yes. meet. Yes, because that's that's how Dean got his chance, right? He he was a shoulder to cry on, and then Rory kind of was able to rekindle her feelings for him. True. Um, 
Yeah, so trust trust us. In Asian culture, you wait long enough, you actually might get something. Not necessarily a wedding ring, but you might get something at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dean and Marty are very Asian good boys. Yeah, I know Asian of many boys. Deans and Martys. Uh, I have had my share of Deans and Martys, and they have been sweet. But part of being an adult is knowing that what you want is a little bit different. And I, I feel like that's why we can both relate to Rory as well we've been through that stage where we fit the Asian archetype of like you know the nice girl who plays like the safe choices in terms of relationship and then yeah. we sort of morph on to like the rebellious ones and then we learn our lessons and we are we we end up being with more responsible and healthy relationships yeah so I'm totally with you on Logan I I love yeah. that part about him making her jump off the building yes but yes. we disagree about Jess we disagree about Jess I I like Jess but that's because I finished the whole series yeah, I, I assume yeah. he comes back at some point, a changed man, and makes up for the yes. shitty things he did. He did like disappearing without a thought, and you know he just wasn't a really uh, good boyfriend at all. He didn't consider Rory's needs. He was selfish. Yes, yes. But later on, he he does change, and what he does with that change is for you to find out. Mm, mysterious. So to move on to the second part of our podcast, we decided that it would be more interesting if we sat in and watched an episode together and nitpick through the things that we thought was interesting and react to it. So because at that time when we watched that episode together, we were on season, you were about to start season four, episode one. Yeah, season four is a good turning point when yes, Rory is, is finishing high school. Yeah, so they what? They come back from Europe and Rory messes up for the, she messes up the orientation date for Yale. And they go through a hectic couple of days trying to go through every errand and ritual before Rory goes off to college. Yeah. Would you like to start? <laughs> right. So season four, episode one, not a very, like, ah, words, not one where a big change happens, <laughs> no big bombs dropped. But it does kind of show some of the uh, overall themes of the show. Like the first yeah, so thing that they did was right? they, mm -hmm. they came back from their holiday and they brought uh -huh. back souvenirs for everyone, which is yes. very cute. And I thought that's mm -hmm. a very relatable thing for Asians to do. I remember trying to find these trashy mm -hmm. little fridge magnets and stuff for my relatives oh, yeah. and my friends back yes, home yes. whenever I went on holiday. So uh -huh. their, their circle in Stars Hollow is a lot like these close-knit um, family, friends and social circles we have in Asia as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. I think like in my parents' generation, that would have been something done a lot. And I think it was because at that time, people didn't really get to travel as much. Assuming that, um, not assuming, knowing that Lorelai and Rory, well, the whole Gilmore Girls world started in 2000 and went on to 2007. That was still kind of when less people had like cheaper options to travel. So I feel like that would have been a good reason to bring back souvenirs. Um, as of today, I've been told that, you know, since everybody kind of gets to travel somewhere, it's not really necessary to always bring something because A, it's financially draining if you have to think of every single person, you know, um, and it's kind of pointless because you end up getting really trashy stuff if you want to stay on budget. <laughs> yeah. And when you think yeah. about it, those stupid travel souvenirs don't mean anything to people who haven't been there. No. And so what I do now is that um, for people that I'm very close with or people who are who, who have this like other connection with this place, like say that I, I stop by a bookstore and I find something that one of my friends would definitely enjoy, then I might purchase that. But I don't go on like trying to purchase things that will just make someone smile for like five seconds. Like, ah, oh, 
you thought of me. Haha, <laughs> hello, crappy Eiffel Tower necklace or keychain. <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> the classic Eiffel Tower keychain. I think I have one. Yeah. Probably more than one. But don't you think that Gilmore Girls paints a very rosy picture of this small town dynamic? They're like thinking yes. of them, bringing them gifts. Yes. In my opinion yes. and experience, these small oh, no. town dynamics are way bitchier. Yeah, mm. I... But I, I think it's also because it's so relatable to like the Asian or like Hua and Hua people social dynamic. Um, because we're so we're so intrusive <laughs> about other people's business, and, and, and I think the small town thing was very exhilarating to watch because like, oh my god, I can relate to that totally because that's every day. You don't have to be in a small town; you just have to have enough people in your family for it to stir drama. <laughs> Yeah, enough nosy people in your family to stir drama or or pass on judgment or critique that is unsolicited. Yeah, <laughs> and there's always going to be the gossipy ones, the Miss Patties and the tailors who are drunk on like their two cents of power. Oh, and so uh, annoying. Kirks. Everyone bullies oh, Kirk. Yeah. Everyone bullies Kirk. That I find problematic, but we can talk about that next time because <laughs> there's, there's, so, there's actually a lot of things that I think were interesting to reflect on in terms of like the difference between Asians or um, Western culture that were either eerily similar or kind of different. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I think the good thing about um, Gilmore Girls and the Stars Hollow community was that I think they were genuinely supportive. They had their differences. There was a lot of drama, but I think they were supportive. And I don't think there was a lot of like petty competition going on. Yeah, like they, they had their arguments, but on the whole, the whole circle is very sweet. It's what you would hope yes. your social circle is like. But I don't think that's really true with Asian, like, relative or like the, the whole, like, that culture where our relatives or our social circle feel like they have the right to pride. Because I definitely received very nasty comments from people who thought they were close or who were like people who knew my parents like one of the examples was when I got into high school I got into like an okay high school it wasn't very bad it was a public school which is considered mm -hmm. really good in Taiwan I just wasn't in the top three schools and then one of their because my parents are teachers and one of the, the parents that they knew they asked my parents oh which school did you did your daughter get into and they told them the name of my school and they're like what kind of like small like uh, insignificant school is that oh my god and I was like Wow. Yeah, who gave you the rude. right to judge? Like, it's so rude. And I feel like you don't see that in Star Hall. The, the whole everybody's nosy and gossipy thing is there. But I feel like at least in the world of, of this universe, people are genuinely nice. Like, they're just nosy, which is human nature. You know, gossip is human nature. Yeah, they're like nosy, but not so judgy. They, yeah, they only so stray very slightly into the judgy territory. Like when uh, the Lorelai Luke breakup happened, they were handing oh, out yeah. ribbons. Taylor. Well, I feel like Ta Taylor is judgy, but he's judgy in a sense where like you empathize with him just because you know how insecure he is about everything. Because he is so insecure about not being important, he has to puff himself up about being important. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny in, in the name of entertainment. In real life, he would probably be a very toxic neighbor. <laughs> very. <laughs> wow. So this has been a very fun um, conversation with you. I think uh, I think I really enjoy the fact that because you started to talk about Gilmore Girls and that you brought such a fresh point of view to you know, the way you reacted to everything because you didn't start it from, from your, your teenage years, you started from now as a, like a grown adult. And so I was kind of like forced to rethink everything. And then I realized that there were a lot of things that I could relate to in different sense and a lot of things that I agree with you and I disapproved. 
And I'm very excited what you're going to find out later on when you continue with the series. Yeah, I know. I still have a season and a half to go, plus the revival. So thank you for doing your best to keep in the spoilers. <laughs> uh, Truly hard. <laughs> I'm very excited to find out what happens. I love that the characters in Gilmore Girls are so real and relatable and they're not uh -huh. perfect, but their imperfections make sense. And I don't think I've ever been so invested in sitcom characters before. I mean, mm -hmm. there are great sitcoms that I've watched before, like, you know, mm -hmm. Friends, How I Met Your Mother, and mm -hmm. they have their relationships and everything, but I wasn't as invested as in this, I guess, because we relate to it more. Mm -hmm. It's just... Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 I definitely... Yeah, it's, it's easy to relate to them because um, I think what Gilmore Girls does is that it gives you, like, a very sharp view of different hierarchies in, in the New England culture. And because there's so much exposition, witty banter, and cultural phenomenon drops in there, that you're given this very complete and vivacious like database to, to like dive into and find something that you can relate to. So it's a very di... I wouldn't say diverse in like uh, like today if we were, were trying to be very politically correct about sure, everything, yeah. but I feel like in sense of like the material that they offer to an international audience as us um, is very rich and diverse. And, yeah, and that's I don't think they realized how relatable they are to Asians. No, I don't think so at all. I feel like they thought they probably thought by dro dropping Lane and Mrs. Kim in it was their like their token Asian thing. Yeah, but they had no idea how much everything else actually related to us so much you know <laughs> definitely and it's yeah. so cool that it's a show about um, the relationship between mother and daughter because usually shows are very focused on romantic relationships and while mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls has plenty of that the key chain that ties everything together is the Gilmore family and you know any mm -hmm. girl can relate to that Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, this is this was definitely a very fruitful conversation, and we're definitely trying. We're definitely planning to reapproach this topic once Phoebe gets through the rest of the season, and hopefully the additional bonus um, episodes that they did a couple years ago. And so, hopefully, by next time we when we approach this topic, we can look at things from a broader sense. So, stay tuned for our second GG reaction on Titty Tattles. Yep, definitely. Hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for our other episodes reacting to popular shows and movies from an Asian girl perspective. And see you next time. See you next time. Bye.